0: Hello, and welcome to Wizards, Warriors, and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Across the Broken Stars, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Michael R. Fletcher. Hello,
1: I am Michael R. Fletcher, author, co-author of Norelska Groans, and author of some other stuff. And Rob J. Hayes. Hi,
2: I'm Rob J. Hayes. Hayes. I'm the huh. author of Spirits of Vengeance.
0: And a whole slew of of other books. Many, many books. Um, Dirk cannot join us for this episode, but he will be back for future episodes. Uh, Rob yeah, is holding up Dirk. a little uh, Dirk figurine. If you're not watching on YouTube, you can check it out on the channel. It's uh, kind of like a muscular version of Dirk Ashton with like some Dirk's absolutely... He's, he's totally pumped like that now. It's, it's actually it a puzzle matter. of
2: Alexander Armstrong
0: from uh, cool Metal Alchemist, <laughs> but you know. Kind of looks a bit like the yeah, yeah sure. It's bold, has a massive handlebar stash. Um, can totally see the <laughs> resemblance. Uh, so today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about a topic that Mike was bringing up uh off air a few no, on episode, uh, a few episodes ago, which is when is a book done? So, Never. when do you say that a book project is finished? Like, how do you decide when it's time to stop editing and publish something? Um, and kind of also throughout each of the various drafts, when are you sort of saying that each draft is done and ready to move on to the next stage. So, Mike, when do you want to- When you're wanna...
2: so sick of it that you can no longer, <laughs> you know, just stomach the idea of reading through it again. That, that's kind of
1: actually it though, isn't it?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that is <laughs> you can,
1: every time you, you do an editing pass, you will find something. Um, yes. And, you know, I'll do eight or more editing passes of different flavors, sometimes word tightening, sometimes plot stuff, sometimes tweaking character voice, but at the end, you know, you could just keep reading through it over and over and over again and tweaking. Oh, this sentence is slightly tighter, and at some point, you just have you give up. Um, and and Rob's exactly right. Like you you keep going until <clears throat> you hate the book and everything about it and want to end yourself, uh, and then you pass it on to your editor
2: really easy to lose perspective as well because you will keep finding things to do to it because the more you read yeah. through it the more you will hate it and the more you'll think this is trash I need to change things yeah it's not true <laughs> it's just that's the way you, you start feeling after you've read through it you know half a dozen times or whatever because you've read for you you wrote it you were you were in it the entire time you wrote it and then you read through it like six times probably in pretty close succession you're going to hate it. It's like, you know, you, um, you might absolutely love Lord of the Rings, but if you watch Lord of the Rings back to back six times, you'll probably get to the point where you're like, enough.
0: Yeah. I think that's yeah. the hardest thing about editing is the losing perspective that comes from just being exposed to your own work, like over and over and over again. And one of the things that I kind of try to do to avoid that, which is perhaps we can talk about some strategies for that, because I think that is useful for telling when a book is done, are things like yeah, giving it to your editor, getting the feedback of someone who isn't yourself, taking some time away to write a different project, or read or watch some different things. And another one, which is a bit more kind of uh, of a hack, is even things like changing the font that you're writing and reading in. I find that to be tremendously useful for kind of fooling my brain into thinking that I'm reading a different story. You know, if I write the thing in, I don't know, Courier or whatever, change it to Times New Roman, and it's still the same story, but just the visuals of it are a little bit different, and that kind of helps me see it differently. Um, I don't know.
2: But also, you write you, in courier? Yeah. The fuck wrong that?
1: That's completely, out- what are you, a barbarian? <laughs> courier Come is great, because no, no, you can only Times fit like Roman, 200 Or garamond, colors. if you're fancy, then maybe that's allowable.
0: <laughs> courier? No. Sorry. Yeah. Get that old school no. typewriter feel. No, courier is awesome. He's Australian. He's all backwards and stuff. <laughs> Nah. we only have one font over here actually um so the it's font not much a choice
1: is actually a great one i did a i cranked the size up to like 14 and turned the entire book into a sans a comic sans yeah of course and yes. and read it that way and it's like <laughs> holy shit you catch some different stuff yeah I mean, it's hilarious but you'll also give any works.
2: designer that knows about it a heart attack because yeah, uh, no,
1: you don't you got to change it back before anyone
2: else sees it <laughs> yeah comic sons is a dirty a dirty phrase let's be fair yes,
0: yes. not one of the best um, reading out loud is a good one though mm. another um, one with reading out loud if like me your voice just gets sore after doing that for a while is like speech no text to speech programs so you can highlight it and get like an ai voice to read out your manuscript oh. and it can be really good because they can read it faster than you can generally read out loud and you can just pause it and change things when you want to edit it. I found that really useful with some previous projects.
2: That's fair. I, I've, I've tried that. Um, I it's I found it much more useful for picking up typos or whatever, hmm. but less useful for sort of thinking about how I want to make a change to it. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. But re- reading out loud myself was a, a, a lot more useful for sort of like, oh, I think this would sound a bit better. Um, and also very useful for making dialogue sound mm. you know, more realistic if you're actually sort of like reading it out and, and almost acting it yourself um
0: of course this is more editing than when is a book done really well it kind of ties yeah, back covered. to it right because in order true, to know true. when a book is done you need to have a clear picture of its quality which is is difficult to get as well um, to what extent do you guys on this topic like sort of pick a arbitrary date that you need to stop writing by, because I find that that is useful for me as well. You don't do it. I never do that. You never do that?
1: Actually, I think my base rule is, so every time I do read-throughs, a part of what I do is, uh, so when I'm writing, I leave a lot of comments in Word for myself of stuff to fix, right? And so each time I do a read-through, I'm fixing those comments, uh, but often I'll end up leaving new comments, but I won't address those on that pass. Um, So I'm leaving comments for my next pass, right? Because you know, in that current pass, I'm sort of focused on shit that's already there, um, and so it's when I when I can do an, an entire pass and not leave a comment, and there are no comments in the document, I'm kind of like, all right, this
0: this might be ready.
1: But one. it it happens when it happens, like yeah,
0: yeah. I guess I'm just I'm wary of like I don't know if you guys have heard of Parkinson's law, but it's that saying that work expands to fill. Feel- all time available for its completion. And I certainly have noticed in the past with outlining phases of a project, if I say I'm just going to outline a project, I can just outline forever and never start writing. But as soon as I go, okay, I've been outlining this thing for a few weeks, I'm going to give it myself another two weeks and then I'm going to start writing. And whatever I have then, that's my outline. That to me just kicks off this, these other creative aspects of my brain where all of a sudden these new ideas come because of that pressure and knowing that oh, you've got to start writing in two weeks. So you better actually figure out the things that you haven't sorted with your outline yet. And with endings, that can also sometimes be quite useful as well, just to kind of like motivate yourself to cram in. And even if you blow past that deadline as well, for me, at least I often find that I've gotten closer to that end point just by setting kind of like an arbitrary, you know, end date for it. But everyone's process is a bit different. So that's interesting that you guys just sort of let it go until it's more of an intuitive finish.
1: Although yeah, uh, I, hiring your artist to do a cover before the book is finished also kind of is a little kick in the ass to finish the, the thing because you're like, I need to sell this so I can afford to pay my artist. Yes,
2: that's a good cool. point. As is currently happening because uh, Felix has a massive waiting list, hiring a cover artist before you've even started the book. Hey.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got him working on character sketches for a book I'm still world building. Like haven't yes. written word one of actual book yet um but i've sent him a bunch of notes on on character sketches and stuff are you doing internal art (laughs) for that book um yeah so for the there's the last obsidian book there's he's he's got i think eight character sketches he's doing for me uh and i'm doing the same thing with the next one which will be the first book in something entirely new uh because it's a little crazy i i kind of need i want to help put some visuals in the, uh, in the characters, the characters in the reader's brain. Cause readers are just characters to me. <laughs> Nobody's no real. real. They're, all They're all figments of your, of your
2: imagination. you does that mean you're buying your own books?
1: Yeah. yeah. This explains why I'm broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: This money is a closed
0: loop system. It's pulling himself up by his bootstraps. So back
1: on topic for a second. Yes. <laughs> We've all written a couple of books Uh, Do you find it increasingly difficult to do as many editing passes as maybe you should? Like, I remember like the first books I would do, God, like an insane number of editing passes. Mm. And it was like, oh, it must be perfect. Must be perfect. And by book 10, it's kind of like, hey, I think it's there. (laughs) And I'm, I'm like, maybe I'm hoping that I'm a better writer. And so it needs less. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Um, but I find it, you know, I'm I'm kind of quicker to go like, okay, let's fucking move on.
2: Me too, uh, for sure. Yeah, I definitely. I I think there's a couple of reasons for. It. I mean, I, I know that when I wrote my debut, uh, I must have edited that book about twenty times. It was insane. Like I just I'd, I'd read it. Like I I read through it and a whole bunch of times. Then I wrote the sequel. Then I went back and read through book one and did more edits. And then I wrote the third one and went back too much um but uh, these days i'm kind of i'm definitely a bit quicker to sort of just like move on and i think part of that is because it's the the business side of things as well i'm more eager to i need to get this book out so i can start writing another one so i can then you know publish that book in this year because yeah as a an indie author um you're regularly told and it is true to a degree that if you're not releasing a book you're dead <laughs> you're shark. You're a shark. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, it's I mean, It's a part lot of is, Yeah, I mean, it's partly because Amazon does things like front end uh, new releases, basically. Um, so yeah, there is a degree of you need to keep releasing books, and when you're trying to make a, a, a living out of it, an actual business out of it, you are sort of like, well, shit, I do actually need to release this book at some point, and the sooner, the better. So yeah, it's entirely possible that for me, books aren't getting as many editing passes as they used to. That doesn't mean I'm skimping down completely. I'm still sort of like each book I release, I've I've read through six to eight times at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say first book took a year to write, spent a year editing, like literally no idea how many passes it was, Um, got it to an editor, spent another year sort of fixing it blackstone heart uh which is arguably a much better book i wrote in three months and then edited for three months and
0: put it out yeah it's crazy how (laughs) quicker you get i think also you just become like as you said you become a better writer and also you probably become more aware of the diminishing returns of multiple editing passes like there's a point at which you know the difference in your manuscript from first draft to second draft might be like 30% improvement but when you get from like fifth draft to sixth draft it's probably only a couple of percentage points you know a couple of prose tweaks here and there and it maybe doesn't add a heap to your story
1: yeah Uh, the vast majority of writers are writers readers sorry are um entirely unaware of prose you know if you've got a good story and the voice is there for them they're not going to notice if you tightened the odd sentence here and there like a few will but most people, I mean, you know, these, uh, oh, I was about to slag another writer. So that's a mistake. These people are reading <laughs> other people who, uh, Rob, take it away.
0: <laughs> well, I think what? It, to back up your point here, I think <laughs> like ultimately what matters in a story is like, you know, the characters, are they interesting? Do you want to spend time with them? Is the plot fascinating? Is the world interesting? And then everything else beyond that is, you know, like set dressing to make it prettier in the same way that you could have, uh, like you wouldn't want a film that is shot with the most amazing cameras, the most amazing cinematography, but is a garbage screenplay. But you would be totally fine with something that is a really, you know, amazing screenplay, not the best filming. Like maybe it's a bit grainy. Maybe the audio is not that great. Like you look at something like Reservoir Dogs, right? Like amazing screenplay. The cinematography, is it incredible? It's okay. But like, you know, there's, flaws with it it's like very echoey it's in this warehouse but who the hell cares because the script is so incredibly good and the characters are so interesting so I think it's just being aware of what ultimately the appeal is of your story and there are certainly some genres to provide sort of the counter argument to that where the prose is one of the more important aspects like in literary fiction there's probably more attention put to prose than to things like a really suspenseful plot but in things like fantasy I feel like it's more about the plot the world the characters and then if your prose is great then that's a bonus as well but by no means is it you know the main thing that is drawing readers to your story unless you're writing the name of the wind in which case it's totally different <laughs> um
2: <laughs> yeah i also feel there's there it, it's a lot about the way that you sort of like you'll edit a book as well um i i have a feeling that mike works the same way that i do i'm not sure about you jed but um I, I write a book and with each editing pass, I tend to add more. The, just more goes into the book. But I know sure. plenty of people who they'll, they'll complete a the first draft of the book and it'll be like you know, 250,000 words. And they'll be sat there going, I need to cut 80,000 words from this. Um, and that's what their editing passes are, mm. just constant cutting bits out. Here, what, can I, what can I take out? What, which bit can I just ruthlessly get rid of? Um, to make it into this number of words and if that's why you're doing it then then you hit your specified word count of 160 or whatever um and that's probably when it's it's ready to publish if that's the way you do it um but yeah for me it's if I keep editing I will keep adding more because yes. <laughs> there's, there's, there's there's just there's always like um another character interaction I could add in or uh another bit of world building or you know some some cool little bit of exposition that doesn't generally fit but I can maybe find a way to shoehorn it in so it's yeah knowing when to stop is kind of like when you when I get to the point where I'm just like oh I wonder if I could just find some way to add this bit in that can be a good way to say okay at this point I'm just trying to add more into it rather than thinking this just fits naturally yeah it's funny
1: I mean how many times do you write something you know you're reading your through your edit uh, and you go, oh, this should happen, and you write that scene, and then you keep reading, and that scene happens. Yeah. You <laughs> actually thought of it the first <laughs> time and wrote it, and and it's so close, like you're like, you know, not quite word for word, but you've already written that stupid scene. You're like, yeah, oh, fuck, yeah. just honest. forgot about
2: it. Yeah, it's kind of cool and when that back, happens. Though, right? all this extra shit you wrote. Yeah. I, I do it with um, with like dialogue or whatever sometimes as well. I'm like, oh, this is a really cool line, so I'll like, I'll be like, oh, I'll add this line. In. It's really cool, and then like, yeah, two pages on, it's
0: like the character says the same line. I'm like, <laughs> <"Fuck!"> <laughs> I'm
2: gonna your go thing. back and find that other line and delete it because I already said it.
0: Defeated by your past self, Rob. No, I think that's that's super satisfying when that happens though, because it means that you were on the right track the first time around. You know, if you had the yeah. same thought coming back to a particular scene that you did the first time around that's I just means you're predictable really what's that
1: just means you're predictable yeah well that as well that well, could definitely be effective it means
0: you've really nailed the the, the voice of yeah. uh, of the book and the character
2: let's go with that one then
0: rob with your <laughs> rob with your point about how yeah you tend to add to subsequent edits i remember with like the first draft of across the broken stars it came in at about sixty thousand words and i went to myself that's way too short for the kind of you know epic fantasy thing that I wanted to write so I ended up adding I think about 20,000 words to it when I was doing the editing like just whole essentially side things that I had not even you know put down in the original outline or whatever and that was actually a super satisfying process because it means that you can like go back into that world again and just like dig a little deeper into some character interactions and add some missing building blocks to a certain character arc that wasn't there, which I think is a, a satisfying way to to look at on the topic of expanding a book that's too short. Maybe that could be a good episode to do in the future actually is how do you expand a book that's too short? Or how do you cut down a book that's too long? Which sounds like based on our off-air conversations, more of the problem at the moment.
2: Oh no, 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 like, like to
0: be honest, if we're gonna talk about how to cut down a book that's too long, I think we need a guest on because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um so back to the topic of, which I realize we haven't talked about, <laughs> of when a book is done, what are some other kind of indicators or, or what does your process look like for, for kind of like wrapping up a story? Is there anything else that we haven't mentioned so far?
1: I, I kind of tie it to uh, reader feedback. Um, so when the majority of the reader feedback is, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Then I know it's probably at least pretty close. And I, I like to do, um, usually two rounds of, uh, of beta reads. So like I'll, 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 finish the book, um, do a half dozen editing passes until I think it's done. I'll send it off to betas. Uh, I get their feedback. If, if everyone's saying the same thing, then you really have to listen. And if one person, you know, says something, but nobody else catches that you got to give it a little thought, but it's, it's maybe not critical. Um, once I've gone through and sort of dealt with any feedback that I think needs being dealt with, I'll do a second round of beta reading, uh, with, you know, with test readers. Um, and if it comes back from them and, you know, everyone seems sort of happy and no one's catching like glaring errors, uh, at that point, I'll probably do another pass or two of editing and then send it off to my editor for like, for real editing. How many beta
0: readers
2: and are you? using
1: after habits? that as well. Uh, I, I, I usually I try and use like three or four beta readers for each, uh, each pass. Okay, finding more than that's a pain in the butt, and mm. um, it's it's really difficult to find a good reader. Uh, either there are two two kinds that I'm seeing. Uh, one is they go like, "Oh my god, that's so awesome! I love this book." And you're like, "Cool," not helpful. Uh, <sighs> and the other one is somebody sends back like an entire book of notes yeah. and has written, tried to write extra chapters for you. You're like, nice. I can't use any of that. And I'm not even going to read it. Um, and you've sent me so much. I'm actually not going to read any of it. A fine you line. Just trash that finding someone in between who can like see the story and yet catch plot holes and not sort of get caught up in it is it's a, it's a rare skill.
2: Just sort of, yeah, someone who can offer useful bits of criticism or advice um, on things that can be changed or should be changed, things that work or didn't work without going overboard or underboard. Because, yeah, yeah it, it, it is true. Somebody who comes back and literally just says, oh, my God, the best thing in the world. is just like, that's great, but it's not. Um, and it's not useful. Yeah.
1: and the <laughs> like, I love your
2: enthusiasm. And once the yeah. book's done, feel
1: free to post that as a review. Yes. Yeah. Writers make awesome beta readers. Unfortunately, they're all busy writing their books and nobody <laughs> yeah. has time to read your shit. And you, you can't even, you know, yes, you can get angry at them, but it's unrealistic. But I'm still angry at them.
0: What you need you is... your fucking projects and focus on mine. <laughs> no, Mike, yeah, what I you need is a book. writer that, who's I'm struggling writing. from I can't read tense... it as well. <laughs> you need to seek, seek out a writer who's struggling from intense writer's block and will look for any excuse to avoid that. And then you give them your manuscript. And you're good that's the solution
1: yeah all right i will hunt for our uh, broken writers
2: yes <laughs> all right i think i'm, that's I'm a sure good you'll find a few boxes. you know just put our call on twitter
0: is, is any writer here broken oh my god it's gone <laughs> viral <laughs> <laughs> pretty much um yes hopefully we don't fall into that category in the future ourselves but anyway uh that was a good episode uh thanks for suggesting that mike just a quick shout out to some of our patrons as well uh, shout out to christopher tom daniel and steve and special extra shout out to our high tier patrons uh, christopher and daniel if you want to help support the show and help us continue in the future uh, please go ahead and head to patreon.com forward slash wizards the link to that is also in the show notes down below and in exchange for a small monthly donation to the show you can get things like free advanced reader copies from us of our upcoming books editorial feedback, ad free versions of the episode, and some other cool stuff as well. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, And if you're enjoying the show, feel free to share this with some of your writer friends or writer communities that you're in, whether they are just friends in person, Um, you know, bonus points if you just jam a pair of headphones on your friends and force them to listen to this episode in its entirety. Um, It's like the torture methods of old, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, whatever it does to kind of spread the message. (laughs) um for legal purposes that was a joke but for practical purposes (laughs) you know what to do um yeah if you if you don't want to do that your alternative is you can always share it on the twitters the reddits or the facebook's or wherever else writers are hanging out these days um it's called meta these days the meta oh yeah sorry i forgot zuckerberg is monetizing all forms of human interaction and emotion now good times um and but they have Ray-Ban sunglasses. So good times. Anyway, that's a whole different other thing to discuss. But thank you everybody for listening or watching to this episode and we will see you next week for another one. Bye everybody. Yeah, goodbye.